0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown. I'm your host, Chris Catillo. Not many people out there can sympathize with Tristan Casas and what he went through on Sunday, making his long-awaited Major League debut. So we thought we'd call upon somebody who could. Ten years ago, Will Middlebrooks was the Red Sox version of Tristan Casas in 2012. He was a top infield prospect. He got called up to make his Major League debut in May of that year. And so we thought we'd check with Will, see what that day was like, if he was as comfortable as Tristan was. We'll get into a bunch of other talk with Will, who's now an analyst for CBS and Nesson. You've seen him on the pre and post game shows. Talk about, you know, the Kike Hernandez signing, Michael Walker's future, what the Red Sox have done this year and what they're going to do in the winter, and then, you know, about Will's journey as a broadcaster, something he never thought would happen. So let's welcome Will into the show. So we're pleased to be joined this week by former Red Sox third baseman and Nesson and CBS Sports HQ analyst Will Middlebrooks. Uh, Will, first of all, thanks for hopping on and uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule for us.
1: Of course, it's nice anytime I can hop on and do something and not have to have a suit on or collared shirt. I can have a hat on, pants right. maybe, you know, <laughs> it's, it's optional at home here, so it's nice.
0: Yeah, we can't tell from here anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With Tristan Casas being brought up, you know, a big time infield prospect for the Red Sox this week, which you were uh, 10 years ago, I wanted to ask, uh, we saw him sunbathing in the outfield with the shirt off. We saw him looking very relaxed. He said he was kind of nervous, but not that nervous. Take us back to May 2nd, 2012. You were, you know, that guy in that spot uh, where, uh, I mean, I don't think that you really were one to be sunbathing out there. and. Uh, and that relaxed. But uh, what what was your level of nerves that day, and how did it compare to Tristan on Sunday?
1: My level of nerves. So I was in Toledo when I got the call that night before at like midnight, one a.m. It was late. Uh, they said, "Hey, they got a car picking you up to take you to Detroit uh, at five thirty in the morning." drive to Detroit, get there. I'm super delayed. So I didn't, I, I got to Fenway as BP was like starting. Mm-hmm. So I'm hurrying up, getting dressed. I didn't have really have time to be nervous. Cause I just got dressed, ran out, took BP, came in, still trying to figure out where my locker was or the bathroom was like everything. I didn't know. So I didn't really have time to get super nervous. Um, I will say Casas was, that's the most relaxed. And I'm not even talking about the sunbathing. I just, just yeah. listening to his interview, um, with 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 the media before the game, he's so chill, man, and, and relaxed. And I think from all the other reports and everything I've, I've heard and read, that's just who he is. Right. And the guys that know him, that's just who he is. It's kind of what makes him a good player. Obviously, the the physical attributes and his swing and his approach and this and that is is really good as well. But being able to come up as a young kid, a 22-year-old, and be comfortable, number one, it's a, it's a testament to the game's different now. Right. My vets won. I think I was the only guy under arbitration when I came in, you know, Mm -hmm. and they did not want me to be comfortable. That's the difference in the game today. I'm sure some guys had issues with what he did. um, And there's plenty of guys that didn't care. They just want them to uh, contribute and be a big part of the team. So they'll they'll give them shit for it. Like they're going to mess with them about it. That's what you do with rookies, but it's not going to be anything like it would have been if I had come in and,
0: and done that 10 years ago well well what would it have been i mean what would your what would the reaction uh from guys had been if you did that?
1: I would have probably uh been duct taped to the rafters and this i mean they i don't know I don't know I would have i that's a good question because I don't think anybody would have ever done that yeah uh and I was kind of coming in at the tail end of the hard nosed vets mm-hmm. you know the Josh Becketts and right. lackeys and and all those guys uh Pedroia was he was hard on us, but not in that way and mm-hmm. more of like big brother, like expected a lot or would get like disappointed in us, but he wouldn't like verbally abuse us <laughs> or physically. Uh, it's a different, it's a different game now. So I can't, I can't tell you what it's going on in that clubhouse because mm-hmm. I haven't been in a clubhouse for four years. So it's just different. It's just different. I wouldn't and look it, too far into it.
0: Right. I mean, with, with a guy like Costas, right. And the game has changed, I think for the better, which you probably agree on, but the, like, how does someone like that walk the line between, like, I'm going to be myself, I'm going to be relaxed, and the moment, you know, the moment's not going to be too big, but still at the same time, you know, there is that pecking order. There is that, you know, uh, hierarchy where there's guys that have been playing the game for 10, 15 years. You know, you got a guy like Rich Hill in there who's been playing <laughs> since 1965, and, and it's your first I played day. with Rich
1: my rookie year.
0: Yeah. Wow. He was on
1: that 12th team, Mm-mm. you know, and he was a vet then. <laughs> right. You know, it's, but- uh, yeah, I mean the today's game is really it's not starting to it is you want young guys to be themselves. Yeah, that's part of his routine. Go for it. I made a joke yesterday on Twitter. I was like, he didn't get a knock in in uh, Tampa yesterday because he couldn't go out and sunbathe. There's <laughs> right, there's a roof, there's a roof on the on the on the trap. So um if that's part of your routine, I mean you're gonna have to deal with some crap from your teammates, but mm-hmm. Alex Core didn't care. I mean, he, he I heard Alex uh, say, you know, we'll make some adjustments, you know, and laughed about it. But they're all about in the upper minor leagues is building a routine. What works for you, whether it's in the cage or the pregame, in the weight room, cafeteria, whatever it is, just build a routine. And if you find something that works, stick to it. This is part of it for him. His teammates are going to have to get over it. Right. The ones that don't like it, they're going to give, like I said, give them shit for it and they'll get past it eventually. But, Winning and playing well fixes everything. So yeah. if he, if you're losing, it's going to be an issue. If you're winning, he's if he's raking, they don't care if he if he's out there and 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 goggles. They they don't care. Just 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 play well, and that fixes everything.
0: And you know, I know the stat sheet is not you know the sexiest over the first two games. It was one hit. It was an infield hit. But if you watched and you paid attention to you know the at bats, I think you know just. Red Sox, first, Red Sox first baseman putting a ball in play, you know, four times on Sunday. I don't think we've seen a Sox first baseman do that this year. Um, the defense was there. You know, Alex Gore was talking about his baseball IQ. Um, just yeah. from your perspective, I know you've seen his, his at-bats before just these two days, but does he look ready to you?
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, beyond his bat path, like even, like you said, the numbers, he has one knock and it wasn't like he crushed it. Yeah. Um, he just missed his first one, hit it off the end, hooked down the line, got caught. Um. Could have easily been a homer, right? So, we're talking a half an inch different on the barrel. That's a bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just yesterday, watching his at bats, his foul balls, like he's dead on pitches. And it's not just fastballs, it's not just in or away. Uh, he has a clear approach at the plate where he's taking certain pitches, even though they're strikes, but it's because it's not what he's looking for, uh, which normally you don't see in young hitters. They're really over aggressive when they first come up because they just want to get those hits. They just want to get the first homer. They, get hit. they just want to help the team, you know? and they're over-aggressive, they swing at everything. And he has a very clear uh, approach, and he's not chasing pitches, which this team is, I mean, right, near the end of the league in walk rate. Like, they, they, they're they a free-swinging team, right? They're going to strike out. They're not going to walk. Um, it's gotten better as the years progress, but they're not a, a very selective team. Um, he brings that selective aggressiveness to the plate, and I, I love that about him. And, yes, his field awareness, his def- defensive ability, the way he moves. I know he's 22, but he's a big-body guy. And he still moves really well. But just the awareness, if you watch him, you know, he made an out at first base. And he, these are little things that you're probably not going to pick up on, but things that I look at because I'm thinking it along with him. Mm-hmm. Like there's a guy on second base, he makes a play at first. And his first move is he makes the out and then looks up at the base runner. Like a lot of guys just make the out. And like where's the pitcher? I'm throwing the ball. Yeah. But he's like, where's the base runner? Did he, did, he, did he make a big round around third? Can I Can I throw behind him? It's like his brain's always going. He seems like a brainy guy, a thinker. Um, which it's a it's a blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. but um, I, I like him. I'm on board, and I think he's ready, and it's time to start develop him him as a big leader.
0: Yeah, and, and even yesterday at the trot, you know, there's a couple of questionable pitches, and he you know turned around and asked him, you know, where was that, and kind of had that you know three word. Yeah, there's no deer you know in that? the headlights
1: or anything like that. Right, like
0: right. He, some people might not like
1: it, and a lot of people don't like this about young guys when they come up, but he's going to be himself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something. I've kind of felt like I had taken away from me when I came up. Cause like I said, it was a different era, yeah. different, different type of vets. Uh, they wanted me to watch them be like them. Nowadays, it's more be yourself. If this is what makes you who you are as a player and it's going to help us more be you. And I think that's what he has going for him. And he's very confident in himself and I love it.
0: And, you know, I think there's probably something, and you can kind of expound on this about, it's probably tougher stepping in and debuting in a losing situation. Obviously the people look at 12 as you know, a very rough year for the Red Sox and this year, not that bad, but you know, at one of those uh, down years, a disappointing season, is it harder to try to not step on toes when everybody's kind of on edge anyway?
1: Yeah. I mean, I came up early May, so it right. wasn't bad yet. You know, mm-hmm. guys are still trying to figure out Bobby, still trying to figure out like who we were as a team, what our identity was we had a lot of really good players and a lot of good players that underperformed and they ended Mm -hmm. up getting traded. So the second half of the season was a lot tougher. And then I I got hurt in early August. I broke my wrist in Cleveland. And then, yeah, of course, I mean, when guys are on edge, when guys don't know if they're going to be traded, if they don't know if uh, they're going to be here next year, what next year looks like, then yeah, there's a, there's an edge about guys, especially the older guys who have families and this and that. So um, yeah, definitely tougher. I, this, I feel like this team that Costas has come on to is is different. They're not – I know we're beating a dead horse here, but Mm -hmm. um, they're not going to – it's just a different era. I I feel like they want him to be successful. I think teams also, this day and age, look at the process of things uh, more than just what's in front of them. I think players understand the front office side of things, the business side of it, what they're trying to – I mean, how often do you hear big leaguers in the past talk about the farm system you never would right. hear like oh we have the 11th rate farm system
0: mm-hmm.
1: well big leaguers now are aware of the process of things and yeah I think they're paying that, attention That helps that helps
0: Yeah, uh, another kind of different topic but news that broke today want to get your thoughts red Sox start their off season wish list to-do list by uh, signing kike hernandez to a one-year 10 million dollar deal my takeaway there is uh if he had a, a really good season or repeated kind of what he did down the stretch in the postseason last year you're looking at you know four or five year deal maybe 14 15 million i mean one of the top right. free agent position players um so for them to get him at this discount and be able to kind of lock in you know probably their starting center fielder i thought it was a savvy move to do now um i just wanted to get your thoughts on that
1: oh uh, yeah it's a great move i mean it's, he's so versatile too i mean right. i'm and an alex love guys that are can play different positions it gives you flexibility and ability with your, with your uh, lineup to do whatever you want. I mean, he can hit nine hole. He can hit six hole. He can hit lead off, can play center or short, whatever you want. Um, health was an issue clearly with him in mm-hmm. uh, his numbers this year with the whole hip flexor, blood clot, whatever the heck he had right. going on in there that was cut out and removed or drained. I think that's the word he used. Um, I like it. Like you said, it, there's probably teams that would have paid close to 15 mil a year for him especially mm-hmm. with the versatility and the day and age we play in. Um, and I think him signing that also is proof that he wants to be here. Yeah. You know, this, this isn't for everyone. Boston is not for everyone. Right. Um, and for him to say, you know what, I can probably get a little more somewhere else, but I want to stay. That means a lot. And it means a lot to your teammates too.
0: Yeah. and I think it, it bodes well as they start, you know, the rest of their off season, just because, you know, they can for now slot him into center, but if they want to come up with some creative move and maybe, you know, he, Becomes the starting second baseman story, goes to short. Who knows then what being. That's it ends what I was going to say it's but, also
1: a backup plan if things right. don't go over with with X.
0: Right. A uh, backup plan in, in a lot of areas. Do you want to get to, you know, before we do a little bit more kind of general Red Sox talk and then get into you some more, t- touch on one guy who I know you know really, really well, uh, Michael Walker. Um, faced him in high school, obviously played against him in the World Series, have known him yeah. forever. Now uh, has really, I think, you know, solidified himself with uh, you know, last night's start and the last few outings as the Red Sox best pitcher this year. He has had some injury struggles, but when he's been out there, he's been excellent and really kind of a career renaissance right after the last couple of years he's had. Um, what about, and you just said it, you know, guys don't always thrive in Boston guys that come over from different teams and, you know, on a one-year $7 million deal, I don't think any of us knew what to expect, but what about Michael Walker, you know, has made him successful in this market successful this year?
1: Yeah. So I've had a few talks with him, obviously. Well, his, his mentality, just his hard nose keep your head down work he's not a social media guy yep. you know he's he just he wants to come in clock in put his work in get better like one percent better every day and mm-hmm. just play ball and hang out with his teammates he's just one of the guys and um that blue collar mentality comes from where where we grew up right a little small town in east texas yep his he, we played american legion ball i was two years older so he was mm-hmm. a sophomore when I graduated, but um, his dad was our American Legion baseball coach my senior in high school. Um, and he was just this tall, skinny kid who was like 83, 84, you know, which is, you know, as good as a sophomore in high school. And, and he, he was like, OK, he knows how to pitch if he ever just, you know, gets stronger. He's going to he goes to Texas A&M. We're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Gets there, he's all of a sudden pumping 98 at the College World Series, and mm-hmm. we're like, "All right, all right, Mike's gonna be somebody." Yeah. And then, yeah, as his careers um progressed, he's gotten better and better. Had the whole fractured scapula thing that really set him back. Um, his time with Wainwright in St. Louis, I think, really molded him to who he is. A lot of his work ethic, uh, mentality, all that stuff comes from Adam Wainwright, and he'll tell you that mm-hmm. like yeah. that was his guy. And, and um,
0: not I mean, a bad just guy the way have.
1: he. Moves. yeah just the way he moves about the ballpark it looks like Adam Wainwright Junior, mm-hmm. right but um I talked to him about this year and I'm like dude what's going on like what did you change like obviously I see you're throwing a cutter more he's like that's it he's like everybody knows me as a fastball good changeup guy decent breaking ball but I had nothing to go into lefties with or a way to righties with I don't throw a slider because mm-hmm. I've never been able to throw a slider it just spins or I spike it so I learned a cutter he said, this cutter has been a game changer. I think he throws it 20% of the time. It's not a ton, but it's enough to where hitters don't have to worry about just one side of the plate. Right. You know, if you have to cover the whole plate against him, all of a sudden the fastball in, if you're looking away because he throws that cutter in certain counts and he comes up and in with the fastball, you're not going to get to it. And then if you're worried about up and in, he throws you the changeup down and in. It's just – he now he has this like, kind of like a spray chart on, on the on the, on the the plate, so it's mm-hmm. harder to cover. Um He's the same guy every day. I mean, P a. was texting me earlier. He's like, talked to Waka last night. He said you texted him about, a, you know, you congratulated him on a thousand strikeouts. And um, he's like, yeah, he's in my book. I struck him out one time. <laughs> Whatever. It's just Mike's the nicest, most calm human being you're ever gonna meet. He's literally yeah. the same guy every day. Doesn't Dude. matter if he goes out and gives up fourteen or if he goes a uh, CG. Like he's mm-hmm. the same guy every day. And I think that's something his teammates like about him too.
0: And a lot of similarities that way to Evaldi, I think. I mean, Ivaldi kind of is, is always That's like good. that. Yeah. You know, his, his heart beats like four times a minute. So I, I think right. Waka's got that in him. And all of a sudden, you know, we obviously well-documented Xander and uh, JD and Evaldi and all these guys are the key free agents and, and ones off the board and Kike. But Waka all of a sudden is a pretty key free agent for this team. I wrote yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a qualifying offer and I wouldn't be surprised if he took it. I mean, it just seems like um, – all of a sudden, he's put himself in a position where he could get a lot of money somewhere.
1: He could. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping... I mean, I was kind of hoping that like two for 24, like a third-year option maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's good for both ends, for both yeah. sides. Because, I mean, you're looking at $80, $85 million coming off the books, right? right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're putting 12 into him next year, you still have plenty to put into X. If you want to extend uh, Devers before the end of next year, which you should before he wins an MVP next year, um, I feel like that's that's doable. $12 million a year for – he's he pitched like an ace this year for them, but yeah, he's right. essentially a, a two or three, mm-hmm. in my opinion, depending on what you go out and get this offseason. And th- that's another thing. Like, looking at the offseason, looking at the free agent pitchers that are out there, if there's certain options that aren't picked up, there's either, like, really high-end, like the Verlanders, the Groms, right. those guys, and then there's kind of, like, threes and fours. Mm-hmm. uh in the in the pitching market i was thinking like what about like an andrew haney like a guy like you i feel like you need a lefty you don't know what you're gonna get from sale So hopefully you get 25 starts from sale at least mm-hmm. hopefully I, I loved his stuff when he came back i love his competitiveness on the mound obviously and what he brings to the ball club um but i feel like another lefty and andrew haney's kind of been a guy who he got hit around for a couple years and he went to la and or went to the dodgers and he's kind of figured it out. He's yeah. looked really good and and, and he's not going to cost you $20 million a year. He's probably going to be like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. right around the, the WACA number. So I don't know. I've, I've just now started looking in the free agent stuff for the Sox, but I feel like that would be a good ad.
0: Yeah. We'll get to kind of your, your off season master plan for that. If you have one yet, but just, I don't
1: even know if I have one yet, <laughs> but I can come up with something.
0: Uh, but in your mind, what is the story of this Red Sox season? I mean, why is it bad roster construction? Is it the injuries? Is it a combination? If you could kind of define why this has gone sideways in, in a couple sentences, what would it be?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's disappointing. I underachieved. I mean, you don't, you're a game away from the World Series last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or was it two wins? Two, no, two yep. wins. Yeah. Two wins away from the World Series last year. So obviously you're disappointed. Um, I think injuries played a very big key in that. When this team's been healthy, other than the first month of the season, uh, they're a really good team. And then whether it was the almost the entire rotation out or half of your lineup out, and you're having to plug in guys who aren't everyday players, um, if you're relying on on Franchi or Bobby with everyday at bats, like they're gonna get hot and give you a week or two at a time where they can really help you. Yep. But they're not everyday players. Mm-hmm. Like I love I love certain things about Franchi, but I feel like uh, Franchi. I always say Franchi. But um, me too. I feel – and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I feel like he's an outfielder playing first and a first mm-hmm. baseman playing outfield. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really have a defensive – I feel like he hurts you defensively wherever he is. Yeah. Um, and his bat's just not good enough to do that. It's not yeah. consistent enough to do that. He right. had his stretch where he, he looked really good, right? Um, he went to triple-I, came back, looked really good. But he just – he you try to stick him in left field, and you saw – I mean, thank God he's okay. I mean, I think it's just a sprained ankle, but – that's a massive misplay yesterday. That's why you hit the wall like you did. I know there's no track out there or whatever, but um, I'm getting off the rails right now. But um, there's, there were some underachievements. Uh, J.D., I mean, I feel like J.D. didn't – I mean, that's not a good year from or DH. Right. Uh, especially a guy – what you expect from J.D. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with his back. I think it's been barking for a majority of the year. And it finally got to the point where he had to take some IL time, mm-hmm. tried to come back early from it when he wasn't ready. And he just didn't have bat speed. If you don't have bat speed, you're not going to be able to hit guys to 198.
0: He's sitting, so. he's sitting like 220 since mid May. Right.
1: And and that's since the the first IL stint, correct? Mm-hmm.
0: All right. yeah. yeah. I mean, this is something that happens to him. I feel like every year, but he's as you had get older. back issues every year. It seems Right. Like. I'm sure it gets, gets harder as you get older.
1: Right. Exactly. So, guys are throwing harder and harder and harder. If you don't have bat speed, I mean, good luck. I mean, you're right. not going to be able to hit 95 plus on a daily basis and being able to adjust and cover entire play to, with off speed if you're, if you're backwards. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making an excuse for him because he's a big leaguer. And if you're on the field and you say, I need to get off and I'm, I'm good to come off the IL, then you need to be able to perform. Um But I do think that's what's played. I don't think he just forgot how to hit, forgot how to hit for power. Like that doesn't yeah. happen. Now, Xander, I feel like made a, a choice that I'm going to try to be a doubles guy. I mean, this team mm-hmm. leads the universe in doubles, right? right. Like, they're doubles. It's not like they don't slug. They slug. They're like fourth in the big leagues in slugging, fourth or sixth or something like that in slugging, They but they're 20th in homers mm-hmm. in a stadium that you can hit homers in.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. There's a, I don't know. Like you said, I'm going to what's your plan? I, I don't even know my plan. I have, some ideas. I don't know how much of a plan it would be for this team yet.
0: This starts with uh locking up Bogart's endeavors. I assume. One
1: thousand percent. One thousand percent. I I mean what realistically for Devers, what do you think the numbers are? I'm switching this and asking you 300. questions.
0: Three hundred. I think you could give him. yeah. I think there's gonna be ten 300 for three hundred for sure.
1: You think five one twenty for, for five for Bogie?
0: Five for one fifty. I think okay. that probably gets it done.
1: Oh, I think that gets it done. I would try one five, 15, 125, right? Yeah, right. I mean, 4 at 90, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pissed. I don't yeah. blame him. Right. I don't blame him. I mean, you lead all shortstops in war, OPS, everything. Like, come on. Let's go. And, and,
0: and I think it's something about him that's so interesting is, and I asked Cora this question the other day, right? Like, he said, all season, I don't have my ace wing. I've been grinding the entire year. He's going to win and, a batting title. Right. He's like, <laughs> going to win the batting title, and his OPS is like five points off from last year when he got MVP votes. It's like right. if this is him at his worst, you know, like then you have Alex and his defense, says, His
1: defense is so much better. Right. What was it? Uh, not outs above average. What's the other one? DRS. DRS was like 86 percentile. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Hey, yeah. we, t- we heard about, like, oh, he's just not a good shortstop. He's going to have to move to third base. I think I think bringing in Trevor Story kind of lit a little fire under his ass. Mm-hmm. He would never say that. He will never say that. But I love them up the middle. Yeah. What Trevor brings, we don't talk enough about Trevor's story either. I know because he missed a lot of time, and he's hitting two thirty. But he produces and he hits with guys and in, in scoring position. He hits. He gets like the big knocks, right? Mm-hmm. He, and his defense has been nothing short of goal glove defense. Right. Um, and he's just he's another one of those guys who just comes in, clocks in, works his ass off, and he's a great teammate. I I, I used to, I spent off seasons with him. When he was 19, he just got drafted. We we're working out in North North Dallas. It used to be API. Now it's Exos or whatever they call it. it our, our group was me, Joe Hanaran. This was like 2011. Um, Latroy Hawkins, Torrey Hunter, and, and Trevor Story was just like the baby who just signed. He's with the Rockies. And we would always have pickup basketball games, and he would just freaking crush us, dude. I'm talking like going up, like dunking on Tory. Like he was He's the most athletic human being I've ever been around. Ever. Mm-hmm. He's the most athletic human.
0: Man. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I actually talked to him and, and we're on this later in the week that about his year. He says it's been eventful and not up to his standards. But if you look at a lot of the numbers, he's been you know pretty much fine. I know the average um, doesn't stand out. Um, I want to I want to get to you before we, we let you go. Um, obviously, this has been.
1: I'm not as fun to talk about, man.
0: Uh, I you know we'll, we'll <laughs> see. Setting setting a low bar for yourself there. Um, as you kind of look back, you know, your playing career and now getting into broadcasting, I know you've been with CBS for a while, first year at Nesson and um, doing studio stuff. Let's say, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, would you ever imagine that you would get into the broadcasting no space shot. at all? No?
1: No shot, man. No shot. My plan was to uh, play for 20 years or not 15, probably realistically. I came mm-hmm. in and you know 23 so 20s kind of yeah. become Brady area I'm not doing that <laughs> rich um yeah 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 like, seriously there's not those guys don't grow on trees uh, everybody has this perfect view and like plan of how your career is gonna go mm-hmm. you never really uh plan to just get broken a lot right. <laughs> I got I got hurt a ton man and there's no way around it and mm. um that just kind of is the way it went I still had a I played for 12 12 years professionally on the big leagues parts of six years in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, met a lot of cool people, did a lot of cool things. Um, I was lucky enough to be with an organization like Boston that I did get the opportunity to play with hall of famers. Um, mm-hmm. Got a chance to win a world series, play in a place like Boston. Um, and then it kind of set me up for my next career because I did have that connection to Boston, right. just how everything went there. So, CSC so yeah, this is my fourth season with CBS like you said, first year with Nesson. And, I mean, I could see myself being with Nesson for a while. There's just a good connection there. I love doing what I'm doing. I love the people I work with. And it just – Fenway feels like home. I don't know. I mean, I've played yeah. three years there in the big league. It's not like I spent, you know, 15 years playing there. It's not like I'm Jim Rice. You know, doesn't work that way. Uh, but for some reason, it just works. And it, and it feels right. And I like being there.
0: How have you squared – I mean, when we were just talking, you know, 10 minutes ago, you are not afraid to say – you know, franchise is bad defensively, these types of things. Like, how have you gotten comfortable as a guy who, you know, is still playing age, a guy who played with a lot of the guys on the team this year, whether it be Xander or Jackie or Hill, like you said, being able to criticize, you know, I know it's like that fraternity, right? Like you want to be yeah. protective of players. How have you gotten yourself to the point where you're comfortable doing that?
1: It's a it's a thin line, man. It's yeah. it, it's tough. Um, I, th- I would say in most situations, I'm ne- I'm not criticizing the player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a lot of situations I'm, I'm criticizing the play. Yeah, you know, and saying well, you know this play should have been done, but explaining it in a way not not I, I will never forget how hard the game was. Mm-hmm. Ever, I will never be that guy because it was really hard for me. Uh, even when I was healthy, it was hard, it was a hard game. Yeah, and, and it always will be. So that that will never be an issue. Um. I think there's a line you just don't cross when you're talking about guys. I think, like I said, you don't attack them personally. You mm-hmm. you can criticize a play all you want. It's a baseball play. That's I'm just doing my job too. Like yeah. that's my job is to break down the play. If you made a bonehead play, it's my job to say you made a bonehead play. That's nothing personal. It's not because I don't like you as a person. It's it's my job, and i I've, I've just, and I've come to terms that some guys might not like that, but I'm never just gonna crush a guy to crush a guy. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll probably never just flat out like truly crush a guy. Yeah, I can explain a play the best way possible, and and it may be wrong. They may have made a mistake, and I'll tell you they made a mistake, but I also explain to you why they did that.
0: Is it, is there a weird aspect of it that you have to you know talk about ex teammates and guys you know and and is that I'm
1: actually more comfortable talking about the guys that I know, yeah, on a personal that makes level sense. because
0: they they know me
1: and they mm-hmm. know. They know my intent. They know um, that it's not personal because I have that relationship with them. It's the guys that maybe, yeah, that I don't know well, and they they just don't know, yeah, they don't know my intent. They just think I'm like another broadcaster or uh, another ex-player that just just crushing them to crush them because it's good good content. I'm not about that. That's Mm -hmm. not who I am.
0: As obviously with Eckersley leaving, and and that's going to leave a huge void with Nesson, is getting in the booth and, and doing games that way something that you want to do i i you know that's something i
1: uh i love the pre and post game stuff mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. like a it feels like a game day for me because i come in we plan uh i do the show we watch i get to watch a game with tc and jim or wake right. or plenty of those guys um so it's it's fun you just hang out for a few hours watch a game and then do a post game um i never thought about doing booth stuff mm-hmm. i would love to try we haven't yeah. you know crossed that road yet so i'm kind of just waiting to see what their plan is um yeah i thought you really did a great job this year he was fun mm-hmm. to listen to um but i haven't found out what their plan is yet right. i I would love to be a part of it i would love to um i, I think they're still it'll be working fun. i just too. i've just never done i've done two college games Mm-hmm. Uh, for CBS last year, they had like three or three college games. I did two of them. It was like the CUSA championship, and it was like in Southern Miss, mm-hmm. uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right, home of Jonathan Papelbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> scary not that, not
0: that he's ever saying anything on social media these days. Nothing. We're, we're, At we're first, quiet. I was like,
1: "There's no way that's his account." And then I <laughs> talked to him, and it's his account. It's amazing. Yeah. But would you expect? I mean, come on, right? Guy wears a kill. But um, it's fun. It's it's hard it's yeah. hard to like stay that engaged for that long. And, um, but really you're just talking ball and it's like, you're sitting on the couch. I've, I I feel like if I, if I do it, it's going to be more of like, I'm relaxed sitting on the couch, just talking ball. I feel like that's what mm-hmm. I enjoy to watch when I'm, when I'm watching a game, instead of people that are just like by the book, you know, strict and it's boring. So if I get the chance, it'll be fun. I hope I do.
0: What have you, or what's changed in your mind about, and I've, you know, I never covered you. So it's not I never like we had problems or anything like that, but is there anything that's changing your mind about the media that you thought from your playing days?
1: Uh, it's harder than I thought it would be or, or than I thought it, it was for you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's actually easier for me because I was a player, so I'm going to have better access to guys. Yeah. I can text them. I get this. I mean, I know you guys have that as well, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's easier for me as a player to get a guy to talk to me about something. And then I can be like, Hey, can I use that? You know? Um, yeah. although I'm not a really a reporter, so I'm not digging too much. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm talking to a guy about something like, like Waka, like I talk to him, like, what, what are you doing different? And he talks to me about his pitches. Like he can do that with you guys too. So it's not that big of a deal, but yeah. Um, I think just access is easier for me. Um, I do have a lot. I mean, with Jenny, I mean, I understand the media side of things mm-hmm. I have for the last 10 years. Right. right. So, um, I'm trying to think like what's harder. I'm trying to, I don't know. I mean, you guys grind too. Like you guys travel, you guys are traveling on the road and uh, in the hotels and away from your friends and family. It's not, it's not an easy job. So I, I think that's the biggest thing is it's, it's, it's really hard for you guys too.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's not, the hotels and the planes aren't as nice either. Don't forget that.
1: Well, that's a good point. <laughs> not everybody's on the charter with, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A and everything floating around.
0: That's right. Open bar. Uh, last thing I want to ask you is, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who you know get injured and the career is shortened, and the last thing they want to do is stay in baseball. And I remember a moment where, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Red Sox were in Philly, and you I think went as a fan a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and that always to me was like, okay, you know, this is a guy who really still wants to be around the game, and obviously, kind of your second act in the game has proven that. Why is that what you chose to do? Like, why did you, you know? Not it thankfully. wasn't
1: always like that. Yeah. So the reason I was in Philly is because so in spring training with Philly, is when I broke my leg and right. dislocated my ankle and all that, so I was rehabbing with Philly uh, in Clearwater all summer, and um, I had just gotten my cast off. I had a cast on for like ten weeks, mm-hmm. and um, I had just gotten it off, and they flew me up there to see the specialist uh, to just team doctor and all that to make sure everything was good for me to start. With the yeah. next phase of my rehab process. So I was in town and just happened to line up that the Sox were playing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to go to the game, you know, just sit in the stands. Yeah. I don't know. It was fun. And I like that ballpark too. Those fans there are crazy, man. Right. Like, well, being in, like, you hear certain stuff on the field that's absurd, mm-hmm. but being in the stands was asinine. <laughs> like, the things I was hearing no, Philly fans are tougher on their players and they are on mm-hmm. the closing players. It was right. nuts. But back to your question. So, I end up rehabbing the rest of the summer into of the off season, like December, January comes around. Teams are asking like, are you going to play or not? Are you going to sign a minor league deal? And I'm like, I can't, Like, I can't run enough to, to play. I, mm-hmm. I too much metal, hold my ankle together. Like I can't change direction. It just swells up on me. So I had to retire there for the next three months. I just sulked and was pissed. I wanted, I didn't watch any baseball. I was like not having anything to do with baseball. Jenny got sick of me just being a lazy piece of crap around the house <laughs> and just, uh, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And so she works at CBS. Right. So she set up uh CBS sports HQ, which they have a studio here in Fort Lauderdale. It's like 30 minutes from my house. And, um, she goes, Hey, uh, you got a show tomorrow. And I'm like a show. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, no HQ. Like, uh, you might want to go get a haircut. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, possibly shower because yeah. it's in studio. Uh, I'll iron your shirt. I'll make sure we're like, we're good. Get your suit on. You got a show. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like I am not ready. I haven't watched one thing, baseball. I have no idea what's going on. And number, number one, I I want nothing to do with it. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. It's like, still had a bad taste in my mouth. So I went in and I did it. It went well, still hated it, but I needed a job. Right. So they gave me the job. Cause they, they have Jim Bowden and uh, David Sampson. So they had two uh, front office executives. Mm-hmm they didn't have an ex-player. So I did it for a year. As it went on, I started liking a little more second year fell in love with it, fell in love with it. And, you know, started really like putting more effort into it and investing myself into it and learning, talking to other uh, guys who were in the industry, who had, um, you know, come over from, you know, recently being a player, guys like Kevin Franson and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, man, I fell in love with it. I, I never, ever thought this would be something I wanted to do. I, I hated talking in front of people, number one. Hated it my whole life. It made me so nervous. i I get up there and just forget what I was talking about. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that's what my mom always says. Like, I never, ever thought you would want to talk in front of people. I was like, sometimes I still don't, but you make it work.
0: Yeah, man, I just made it work for uh, 30 minutes on the Fenway Rundown. we are uh, 30 minutes already? Yeah. That was quick. Hey, when you're blabbering, it goes by quick, right? Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Will. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, you got it.